Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. One for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Hour number two, Miller and Condon with you until noon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we're 10 to noon on 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. 20 minutes or so, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, Teddy Greenstein, really well connected with the Big Ten, mm-hmm. uh, writes for the Chicago Tribune. He's put a piece up, sounds as though... What the speculation was that the divisions play is going to it's going to be front loaded. Oh, okay. Which uh, the schedule's not coming out till next week, but um, that's what Teddy. I don't know if he's speculating. He's in Chicago. The Big Ten offices are in Chicago. Kick off the season with the Badgers, Iowa. Wouldn't that be something? How about that to open your season? Maybe the Gophers, How Nebraska. About, well, Nebraska's got Purdue. Oh, they do. That's our well, but, but it could change. That's yes. a good point. This yeah. thing can be yeah. all be flexible and. I think they're going to basically scrap what was already in place, and this is going to be completely reconfigured. That's what the ACC did. I think there were very few of the dates that were actually on the calendar that turned out to be as they had to rework the whole thing. All right, Brian Walton, in 30 seconds, just one more question on this, Mr. Yeah. Condon. If you are the ske- – no, you're not the schedule maker. If you get your wish, yes. who would you see would like to see play the Hawks week one? Illinois. No, I- <laughs> You really? Yeah, you got to ease into the season. I want the Huskers and the Hawks week. I want to see that game happen. Just make sure it happens and, and put it at the front. For that very reason. I can buy that. All right, let's get Brian Walton in here. CardinalNation.com. Uh, Cardinals uh, have left the uh, have left the Twin Cities, um, which is good for them. They're off tonight. Uh, uh, Brian joins us. Brian Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Brian Walton. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, as always. No, listen, appreciate it. We're going to have you on a lot. Um, you know, Rich Hill last night, you'll appreciate this because you're old like I am. I thought I was watching Frank Tanana 2.0, you know, after he blew his arm out. Uh, he's kind of, uh, I mean, that's who it reminded me of, watching Rich Hill, who pitched incredibly well last night against this Cardinal team. You've got to give Rich Hill a lot of credit for persistence. I mean, he's been on the injured list, what, over a dozen times in his career. He's been with, I don't know how many organizations, I've lost track. But, you know, when he's healthy and on, he's a fine pitcher, and we saw that last night. He had the Cardinals hitters off balance. He sure did. Ponce de Leon on the other side of the uh, on the other side of things, you know. You could tell that why they like this kid. I mean, it, he's a human rain delay. At least he was in the first inning. Boy, he was working slow, Brian. But the strikeouts were there. What did what does Ponce de Leon need to do to take that next step? Because it seems like he's got he's got he's got a lot in his uh, in his uh, repertoire. I mean, it's very simple. It's been the history of Daniel Ponce de Leon's career. Tremendous stuff but can't consistently throw strikes. I mean, he's a guy you can see he can work up in the zone because his ball's got good sink. You know, he's a fine pitcher, but, you know, he had to throw, what, like 85 pitches, you know, just to, just to get through like four innings. So 
you know, the, the trick for him will be, you know, can he throw strikes? And he was doing that in camp. He looked really, really good in camp, but now he kind of, you know, went back to his old self. And, you know, it seemed to be that, that you're right. I mean, he was really slow in the beginning, and then he kind of started to get into a little more of a groove and then, you know, get that long ball at the end. But, you know, the Cardinals need another starter with Miles Michaelis out for the year, and I mm-hmm. think they'll give Ponce de Leon another chance. So the bullpen has been certainly the saving grace, at least keeping him in both these games, though the Twins ultimately won. And some new names in there. Tell, tell us a little bit about some of these newer faces. Cody Whitley, I was impressed by him, watching him a little bit last night. Also got to see Webb. Tell us about some of these young arms in that Cardinals bullpen. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Helsley's a guy that uh, yeah. you know you really, really want to keep an eye on. He came and I think he got the last five outs. He's a guy who can throw upper 90s, uh, good control, good breaking pitch. And, you know, he was a player that some folks thought might get a shot at closing, but he's just, you know, relatively inexperienced in that he came up last year. Cody Whitley was a 27th rounder back in 2017, um, and just a tremendous success story. And you could see, again, a guy that came in, and it was only a second major league game. He came in and threw strikes. He got his five outs, got a couple strikeouts. And then uh, Tyrell Webb, kind of a journeyman left-hander, has been around, and he's been tremendous as well. I mean, the Cardinals, I think, threw something like nine innings of scoreless relief out of the bullpen, but their starters weren't good enough to win that series. And, by the way, the Twins' bullpen was darn good as well. Hmm, yeah, I'll say. <laughs> I am, I'm a Twins fan. I was telling you this, Brian, before we uh, opened up this segment here. I'm normally very pessimistic about my teams. I love this team. I think they have all the pieces mm-hmm. here. Give me the outside view of this Minnesota team. Not good enough to win a playoff series. Can this team win the whole thing? Well, they, you know, they got to get past the Dodgers and the Yankees, right? I mean, <laughs> and, pretty big and, but obviously you wouldn't have to play the Yankees. Well, yeah, I guess they would at some point mm-hmm. to make the World Series. But, the, you know, the point is from the lineup, I mean, adding Donaldson to a lineup that was already dominating, you look at the, I, I look at the two central divisions and I say, you know, it's kind of a toss-up between the Twins and the Reds has, who has the, you know, the best uh, starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, at the Twins have had some injuries in their in their rotation, and the guys they've slotted at the back end maybe aren't quite as strong as Cincinnati, um, you know, one to five. But I mean, the Twins won 101 games last year, and it wasn't a fluke. You know, uh, over to the Cardinals, Brian. I uh, one day, what was it yesterday, Wednesday? So Tuesday night, uh, that that second inning that got away from that five spot, man. I, I, and I get sports are a play here and a play there, but. Um, DeYoung doesn't, uh, goes to first base instead of coming home to try and cut down the runner. That was an ill-advised move. Uh, um, Bader in center field. I mean, he missed, he, he missed Yachty by 15 feet. Sano was dead to rights. Could have been an entirely different inning. Has defense been a problem so far for this team or was it just that one inning? Well, I, I gotta agree with you, Ken. That, that whole, I mean, you had, the young, you know, making an ill-advised play, and then Bader's throw was just embarrassing. I, I could have probably made, you know, thrown it, thrown it halfway up the line. And you know, Harrison Bader is in the game for his defense. Right. You know, he's he's not a, an offensive. You know, he's just trying to hang on offensively. And if Bader can't make the plays defensively either, he's not going to be in the lineup long. But to answer your question, no, that is not typical for the Cardinals. The Cardinals actually went from basically the worst team in the National League in defense in 2018 to the best in 2019. And, you know, they continue to be a good – and they might be even a better team defensively with Matt Carpenter being the designated hitter and Tommy Edmund playing third base regularly. But you didn't see it uh, certainly in, in the first game of that twin series. Uh, off uh, The bats, Brian, is just off to a slow start. Um, is that a concern? Is that maybe as big a concern as anything, just that the offense hasn't been there? Absolutely. We, you know, we talked about that last year as well. I mean, the offense was the, you know, the, the starting pitching is good. The bullpen's been good. Uh, but, you know, they just, 
they, they had they start off the first two games against the Pirates and they scored some runs, like nine runs or something. But then the final game of that series in the two in Minnesota, they only scored a total of four runs over three games. And you know, you, you can't expect your pitching to, to win when you can't score. And some of the guys are doing okay. Goldschmidt yep. doing okay. Uh, DeYoung, uh, Tyler O'Neill, Edmund, but. Then you look at Molina and Wong and Carpenter and Bader that we talked about. Those four guys are just not holding up there into the deal, and you can't, you know, you can't win many games with only half your lineup. Uh, what has happened to Carlson? Where, where is he? Did he not? Was he not supposed to make this roster? Well, the situation with Dylan, Dylan Carlson is really interesting, and I got a I got a story up about it at thecardinalnation.com for those who want to read the details of the situation. But Dylan Carlson's a Cardinals top prospect; he's an outfielder yep. um, in the top ten prospects in the game, and he's not yet on the forty man roster. And they have a couple outfielders ahead of him: Tyler O'Neill, who's starting in left, and Lane Thomas, who's the fourth outfielder right now. That they want to see if they can cut it before they bring up Carlson. Now, if you think about this year and you have questions about whether they're going to make it through the year, do you want to bring up a guy like Carlson and start his service time clock and potentially lose a year at the end for a season that may not even make it all the way to the end? So if he was to come up, say, now, his eligible, he would be a free agent for the first time when? 25 or 26? After, after 2026. Okay. So if they and keep then, him, and if they if they if they waited to bring him up until next April, then mm-hmm. they would keep him through twenty twenty seven. And and they think and they, they obviously they think this highly of him that that's what they're doing, right? Well, they had to to make sure that he didn't get a full year of service time this year. They had to keep him down for the first six days. Now those six days right. are up, but you know they haven't they haven't really given Bader enough time yet, probably to pull him from the lineup. And if they did, they would probably put Thomas in first. So I don't think they're going to bring Carlson up right away, even if there were any service time issues. But, you know, if, they, if the offense continues to struggle, it's going to be difficult for them to defend, you know, keeping a, you know, a top prospect like that down in the minor leagues. Where are we with Matt Carpenter? 34 took a huge step back a year mm-hmm. ago and uh, had a couple of hits the other night, but still just not the production we saw a couple of years back. Is it just completely gone for Matt Carpenter, or is there a sliver of hope that he can turn this thing around? Mike Schilt, the manager, went through this long uh, description for us the other night in the post-game Zoom call talking about Matt Carpenter losing sight of who he was. He came up, he was an on-base guy, take the ball the other way, then all of a sudden he realized he started hitting some doubles. And he said, hey, you know, if I pull this ball, I can hit some home runs. And he had like, what, 30-some home runs mm-hmm. one year. Well, then he kind of lost sight of who he was. And he, you know, he, he wasn't the, the, the machine that he was getting on base. So now supposedly he's gone back to basics. And, you know, he's only played four games so far. But it looks like he's going to be the regular designated hitter for the Cardinals this year. I, I don't think, I don't see any way they can give up on Matt Carpenter. They need him in the lineup. And they put him in the number five spot. Uh, big series this weekend before you get a kind of a breather, although the Reds thought they got a breather with Detroit, and Detroit took the series from them. But Milwaukee-St. Louis, look, it, it's uh, we're a week into the thing, but there's not, a, there's not as many weeks in the season, so they're all critical. It's a big weekend, Brian, especially, you know, the Reds look as though they got their guys back last night, and they're a different team with Moustakas, Suarez in the lineup. Sonny Gray's been outstanding. Castillo's, uh, he goes tonight uh, against you, Darvish. He was terrible. In his first start, um, but if I mean this is a big this is a big weekend for both teams, the Brewers and the Cardinals, as they try to at least solidify a place early in the season. Yeah, and the Brewers, you know, the issue with them all year, you know, is, is their pitching. You know, they got Anderson on on Friday, 
TBD on Saturday. So, you know, I, Milwaukee's probably not going to be at the same level as the Cardinals and the and the Cubs and the and the uh, Reds just because I don't think their pitching is there. Now, the guy who normally, you know, murders the Cardinals is Yelich, who's off to a terrible, terrible start. Yes. So the Cardinals just have to hope that the real Christian Yelich doesn't show up until next week. And if so, then they've got a decent chance in Milwaukee. But if Yelich returns to being Yelich, you know, that's typically trouble for St. Louis. You know, I said, I uh, promised someone I would ask this question. Uh, Major League Baseball, they're still tinkering, and, and as well as they should, you know, especially with the Marlins situation, the Phillies in quarantine. There's been a lot of talk of, you know, doubleheaders, and there's going to be more doubleheaders, you would think, this year uh, than maybe ever before, of instituting a seven-inning rule for doubleheaders similar to what they do in the minor leagues. I think it's going to happen, Brian. I think it makes sense for it to happen this year, not and you know, not going forward. Uh, do you think that that is probably prudent to do? Um, you know, to shorten these games to seven inning games just for the sake of, you know, uh, I guess because the virus is dictating what we're going to do in all the sports. The, the the word is that the players association, Tony Clark, approached MLB with that request to you know give them flexibility to play potential seven-inning games. My personal opinion is I'm used to seeing the baseball game be nine innings, and they've got enough players, they've got all these extra players. But, you know, if I mean, this year is already so weird with a runner on second and three better minimum and, you know, crazy playoffs and different divisions. You know, if they want to go seven innings, if they think that can help them, then, you know, then do it. The obligatory question on Alex Reyes. He's hanging out in Springfield, Missouri, going through the practices that they have with their extended camp. What can you tell us? Just such a dynamic arm, but injuries obviously have derailed things here. Where is he at, and do you anticipate seeing him at all this year in a Cardinals uniform? The good news is Alex Reyes isn't injured. He had the you know undisclosed well I guess I know I guess he was actually on the COVID list so he you know he admitted that he did have the virus and so he was not able to pitch for basically the first three weeks of July he was quarantined to his to his home in St. Louis so he's down there and he's pitching every fifth day he's on a starter program and you know he could be the next guy up if they decide if he pitches well down there and they decide you know they want to try somebody else in the rotation other than Ponce de Leon for example to uh, answer the question, yes, I definitely believe Alex Reyes. We'll see Alex Reyes in, in the majors this year. It could be as a reliever, though, but you know, he's just got such a tr- tremendous arm. He's a, he's a guy that you, you, know, you continue to pull for, but you know, it's been like three years in a row of bad luck. Uh, the Natives getting restless with Mike Schilt? No, absolutely not. No, no, no. I mean, you know, they're two and three, Ken. Come on, <laughs> five games into the year. He's just reigning National League Manager of the Year. No, I, I have heard... Zero grumbling about Mike Schilt. You know, do you think there'll be a manager who loses gig? Oh, you know, in, in, uh-huh. in a shortened season like this, you think there will be, Brian? I don't. I don't. You know, it's funny. The odd maker, you can of course bet on anything, but the odd makers actually have a, you know have the odds up that you know who's going to be the first one to go. I just, boy, it, it would be kind of odd in this yeah. environment with so many weird variables that anybody would have the impatience to do it, you know, in 60 games. I think I kind of tend to agree with you, Ken. I, I tend to say not unless there's some kind of weird extraneous circumstances. We'll uh, stay on this Cardinals team, and you'll be with us to talk about it. Thank you, Brian Walton. Appreciate you coming on. Have a great week. Talk to you next time. Yep, take care. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com, uh, joining us. There'll be no manager fired. Don Maddenly? Mm. Was he out with the team in Atlanta? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't bring him. <laughs> they... <laughs> That's a disgrace. Oh, man. come on, boys. Was it Nightingale? Though, 
it was interesting listening to a couple other national writers. I heard Jeff Passan, I heard Buster Olney both say there are reports out there. Bob Nightingale in the MLB mm-hmm. circles, I don't want to say not well respected, but sometimes I've heard people question his sources. How about well, he, that? he got ripped yesterday, and a lot of people fall for this too. They see odds, and oh, Ve- yeah. Vegas puts it's not Vegas. If no. it's a dot AG, it's you know it's offshore, <laughs> just like the, what Brian put out it's in there. the Caribbean. Right there, there's no bet in Vegas or at William Hill or at DraftKings which manager is going to walk the plank first. I'm sure you can find that prop offshore. Mm-hmm. They'll take bets on anything. Uh, we would like to uh, put some money in your bank account right now. We're going to talk to Mark Morehouse next, by the way. Cedar Rapids Gazette, Kex and Owen Iheart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword HOPE to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. HOPE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, joins Miller and Condon next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, taking you until noon. We will carry the, KXNO will carry uh, the uh, Iowa press conference starting today at 1 o'clock. Mark Morehouse, I'm assuming, will be in attendance from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. In fact, he's probably getting close to heading over there now. Mark, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Mark Morehouse? Good. I just cut my hair and jumped and jumped in the shower, and I'm ready to go. A new look, Mark Morehouse will be all quaffed up and ready to roll. Beard, no beard. Old look, old look. Beard is back. It took two weeks to grow it back. Nice. Uh, well, Mark, let's get into the, uh, I don't know, the, the report came out today. Uh, my yeah. biggest takeaway was the the four personnel reports that will I don't think we'll ever see the light of day. We may be able to speculate if there's a coach that's not on the sidelines for week one, whoever that is. Or am I wrong, Mark? Do you think that we will find out who those coaches were uh, in that unreleased uh, in those four unreleased reports? Well, my guess is that we won't unless there's some remark. And I want to say that this, the report I thought was remarkably transparent. I mean, the Iowa let out a lot of stuff that I didn't think Iowa would let out. So there was that. But, yeah, the, that, that's the thing that jumps out, four personnel reports. I think the fact that it, they're called personnel reports sort of, not sort of, but just puts that Shield? Of, uh, yeah, just kind of around uh, of, of confidentiality around it. Um, I don't, you know, you can speculate. Everybody saw the names that came up the most. But I do think there's a level of accountability that for those just the simple names being made public, I think that that's important for the fan base to move on. If you want the you, if you want the fan base to be doubting coaches on the sideline, well, that's your that's your uh, prerogative. But I would want to clear the air and say, hey, here's the here's the four. It, it, that's all we're saying. Sorry, I lost my voice. That's all we're saying is that there's a four. I think that would be sufficient, but also I don't know all the laws of human uh, resources and that kind of thing. I don't know if that stuff needs to remain confidential. So uh, maybe a little sleight of hand just protect some names, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I would hope that there'd be a degree, a, a higher degree of transparency. Speaking of that, I'm sure if it hasn't been done, somebody is going to be doing it very soon in terms of the Iowa beat writers and you guys 
putting in a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act, and, and where that falls underneath with the personnel issue is still to be seen. But if you can, walk us through that. I, I've never made one. I don't ever plan on making a FOIA request. But take us through that process and what it takes to get the documentation that you're looking for. Uh, it, it's really easy. I'm sorry. I'm it's really easy. Um, there's a university. University of Iowa is tremendous that way. Uh, they have an office of transparency set up. You go to a website. You submit your, your uh, the document you want. Um, the woman, I, <clears throat> her name is Ann. I'm blanking on her last name. Um, Chief, I have actually a decent relationship with her. <laughs> I've foiled a few things over the years. Um, so you, you do that, uh, and you fill it on the website. It's not that hard. Uh, a lot of, in the SEC, you see a lot of lawyers slash fans who, uh, definitely get their, get a whole, uh, get their fingers on, on foiable hmm. stuff. And that's all public record. Anybody can get it. You guys can get it. It's, it's not that hard. Interesting. Uh, Mark Moore, I did not know that. Uh, Cedar Rapids uh, Gazette joins the program. Uh, Mark, uh, Kirk Ferentz put out a statement today. I thought it was well written. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not surprised that uh, that there was a statement in advance uh, of uh, of the 1 o'clock presser today. Um, your thoughts on Ferentz's, on, on the statement, the apology, if you want to call it that. And then uh, Gary Barta's role in this going forward, it's his athletic department overall. Uh, do, do you think that Barta will be more involved? Uh, did he kind of delegate and just let things run by themselves? I mean, we're talking about football here, the biggest sport without a doubt. So your thoughts on, on, on Ferentz's statement and then Barta going forward, um, might he get more involved in his athletic department? Yeah, Kirk is, uh, you know, he's been, I think mostly forthright, but I would say that this is a, this is, you know, it's, it's just hard to see what he can say to kind of create that distance between what happened and himself. And, uh, that's what everybody's going to go to. Um, as far as his statement, I know there's going to be a degree of contrition. This has got to, this has got to be keeping him up at night. I mean, he's got a conscience and, um, and I imagine, uh, 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 you know, yeah, you know, let's, let's be honest. He was friends with Chris Doyle. I mean, they believed in what they, what each of them were doing. Uh, and you know, at the moment of truth, I think that that's, 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 that's good stuff from Kirk, uh, Gary Barta. Um, here's the thing about, I think football kind of needs to be brought back into the fold a little bit. Most of Iowa's athletic offices are in Carver Hawkeye arena. um, there's that, that backside where the press conference is going to be today. That's basically a lot of the athletic department offices. Um, there are some in Kinnick, I believe. But then there's football. Football is kind of just off in the distance. And I, I think it needs to be brought back in the fold a little bit. I don't know if Gary Bart is the leader to do it. Mm. Uh, interesting. Yeah, and we talked earlier about both of these guys, both Barry uh, Barta and Kirk Ferentz, and how much longer they're going to be around Kirk, the speculation's been out there for a ways. Is it two? Is it five? Whatever it is, it's coming to an end. What about Gary Barta? How much longer do you anticipate he'll be at, in that role? Because there's been certainly plenty of arrows thrust his way throughout the years. Yeah, I don't. I I couldn't speculate. His boss seems to be happy with him, Bruce Harold. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, before Bruce Harold was brought on as UI president, it was dicey for Gary. He had uh, a lot of things going on. And- and he was on the ropes with Sally Mason, and he, and Bruce Harrell came, and they kind of 
you know, he kind of saw some new life there, had, had a had an ally probably in, in at the UI. So that, that's all worked out. I think that there's enough on the table now that Iowa could probably seriously look at having a new athletic director. Hmm. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, that's a file away for later, certainly mm-hmm. something to watch. Mark, the one part of the uh, other report that I, I mean sleep bans, I uh, had you ever heard of sleep bands before? And what was the problem there? Lots of anxiety. I, I remember that quote, and that the players were apparently called out because they weren't getting a good night's sleep. Was that to make sure that they were in their own beds? I mean, what is a sleep band? Do you know, and why was it seemingly problematic? I imagine it's sort of like what your Apple Watch does. If you buy a certain app, um, it'll give you a read on how well you slept. By the way, mine is horrible. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's just simply that. Now, the ridicule part, the reading of the guy's sleep, you know, whatever, in front of the team, you know, that's, you know, that's that's part of the bullying element mm-hmm. that's that's prevalent here. But I'll say this also, the, the, the little bit of the picture that's starting to form is different without Chris Doyle. I, I think that presence in the building really, really was kind of, it freed the program a little bit when he when he was removed. Um, Will he work again, Mark? I yeah, I think so. Do you? Okay. Our Bryles, our Bryles. Yeah, yeah, fair point. So, yeah, I think I think Chris Bell can work again. Um, I don't know who'd hire him, but uh, I imagine it would take some uh, verbal gymnastics to get through a lot of you know what what's what's gone on. But uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. Yeah, now. I'm but, sorry, uh, I cut you off. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, we we're talking about Doyle. Um, oh, oh, and the four the, Kirk and, and then the four coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, Doyle's removed, and then the four coaches who are, you know, on this personnel list. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works because you know I did ask Kirk uh, on the Friday uh, whenever they had that first press conference after this broke. Um, is everybody, everybody in your coaching staff now, are, can they stand in front of the team and lead it? And he said yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the report right now is for, you know, members. And let's not even, I don't even know if they're members of the football staff. I would, we, we have to probably assume that. But uh, that's a tough one to kind of deal with because uh, we don't know the details. We won't know the details. And, you know, should they be in front of kids? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mark Morehouse joining us, Cedar Rapids Gazette. And we're speculating, right? We we're, are, yes. Did you think Doyle is one of those reports? Since he's no longer there, why would one of the four be him, Mark? Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that he is. I right. would say I'm I'm not gonna speculate, but I wouldn't guess that Chris Doyle Nor would I. that in relationship and sorry, sorry, Trent. One o'clock today. Any more on that, or uh, I got some football questions to get into. Let's jump over with Mark Borhouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Teddy Greenstein today comes out with a piece in the Chicago Tribune, sounding like they are pushing forward with a schedule that will be released by the Big Ten here in the next week or so. We saw the ACC come out with theirs yesterday, including Notre Dame. A move forward, possibly with divisional games early in the year, all right, I give you two choices. You get to see Iowa, Illinois to open the season, or Iowa, Nebraska. Which one are you signing up for, Mark Morehouse? Well, I'd sign up for Iowa, Nebraska. I think that's mm-hmm. a really key game this year. Uh, as far as the COVID goes, um, I noticed Ohio State. Ohio State to me is the one to watch because yeah. you know, it, it is college football. It is college football. Yeah. They're down to twenty percent. What happens after twenty percent? No fans. What happens after no fans? Probably no football. Mm. 
So it'll be an in- interesting, and, and I, I really do think that with a reduced number of games, and I, I do believe, and I have not looked this up since we last talked, and I should have, but uh, with reduced games, and I believe 2020 was a two-by-week year, and I, somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong, that gives you four weeks to play with. Maybe you can maybe you can push the start of the season back until the numbers you know get comfortable for people in the Big Ten. Um, so I think there's some options out there as far as scheduling goes. I have not you know if it gets to be ten games, great. I, I, I kind of think more like real, realistically eight games. Um, and in an eight game season with this team right now, I, I, I wouldn't cross Iowa off the list. I think I'm it's going to be an inspired team. I think. Uh, I think all the I think there's a unity there, and I think uh, some of the report. I mean, if you want to look for one, you know, some positives out of there. Uh, a lot of good things said about Kirk, and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, a lot of t- players and a lot of teams say, "Hey, it's it's better now." And and I think we have to give it time now to get better. Just give it a little time. But I think this team can come together. And I think it might have a. Shot at winning the West, whatever uh, that looks like this year. I, I'm with you, Mark. I, they are loaded offense. That offensive line is nasty. Receivers are deep. It's uh, all going to come down to number seven, Petrus, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if they if the, quarter, if the quarterback can play, and we think that uh, certainly all, all reports so far. Let me ask you about this, Mark. When you mentioned Ohio State, I thought you were going to uh, go in the opt-out direction because we're starting to see mm-hmm. some – players that are going to be early uh, draft picks next year, first, second, third round, whatever the case may be. We're starting to see some opt-outs, and the speculation is it's, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg, that before we get to September, there's going to be a bunch of opt-outs. Is there an opt-out? I mean, I hate for you to speculate who, but do you think Iowa will have some opt-outs prior to this season? That's a tough question. Um, I... I Maybe a Larry Jackson could, maybe. Uh, I'm just going on guys who maybe I kind of consider on that level of superstardom. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think a guy like Amir still has stuff that he needs to show the NFL, but uh, maybe not. Um, his thing is speed, and uh, yeah. speed, you know, your legs, you only have so much of that in you. Um, maybe he saves it. Maybe he shows the league. I, I don't know. I, that's a tough speculation, but the the, the, the concept of opt-out, I think, is, is interesting. Um it's it's just a. I've seen it. I've been watching it happen in baseball, and I think it's happened to a few places, teams in hockey. Um, it's individual choice, and I hope it's just some. I hope it's just a supportive environment. Mm-hmm. That, that I hope it, it's received by a supportive environment because people are making their life choices. You don't know what people have at home. You don't know what people have really in their medical docket. So. You know, these are personal choices, and I hope they're met with uh, with understanding. Did you watch your Blackhawks exhibition game yesterday? Yeah, they were tremendous. It was beautiful. <laughs> I loved every second of it. I, actually, that Rangers Islanders game, my goodness! No, I didn't see it. Was it was skill. it nasty? Oh my no! No, the skill that Islanders oh. have—it's it's sick. They're good, Mark. I agree with you. It's beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. No, that's a, that's one of those dark horse teams. If you're looking for a big price, Trent Condon, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm with you, Mark. These the Islanders are uh, are one to watch. We'll get, watch them all. Get Trent watch. Get Trent watching the Islanders. I think he'd be happy. Absolutely. I love the I love the uni. I love what they went old school. Love mm-hmm. the colors. I got a North Stars hat on. I like going old school hockey stuff. I could be an Islanders fan. I can buy into that. There you go. Welcome aboard. There we go. Glad to have yeah. you. Uh, Mark, uh, we'll we'll read your stuff. Uh, your recap of the press conference starts at one o'clock today. You can hear it here on fourteen sixty kicks and oh, Mark Morehouse. I'm assuming his voice will be heard at some point during it. Mark, thank you. We'll talk to you next week.
You bet. Thank you. Thank you, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Um, opt-outs? How prevalent is it going to be? I, that's a good question. A lot of national guys think that we're going to see a bunch of this. Well, national guys, boy, national media and, and college football really annoys me at times. <laughs> Doomsday scenarios, mm-hmm. freaking out. I get it in some aspects, but it feels like they're... I haven't heard Trevor Lawrence saying he's going to opt out. Well, it, it frustrated me so much with the Marlins out. Shut it all down! You're right. No, they're not shutting it all down. Live in reality. Mm-hmm. The reality is... Fix that problem, let everybody else play. Yes, and that's going to happen in football, and there are going to be outbreaks. You have to have a plan to figure it out. And credit to Major League Baseball, which, I mean, has stepped on their own for quite a few moments here over the last five months, but how quickly they're able to adjust on the fly, mm-hmm. get a and series... And still are. ...and get the Yankees-Orioles series going, and to be able to do that and figure this out, that's what you need to do. You have to have flexibility, and that's what college football is going to need... That's why they're adding this flexibility in there. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. There yeah, will we're be not, football. We're going to see championship games played. Army Navy's not going to be a standalone, okay. assuming those two schools play. It's good. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a timeout, come back and finish the program. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Murph and Natty coming up at 2. Again, uh, 1 o'clock, we will carry the Iowa Press Conference. Ferentz, Barta, and company uh, at 1 o'clock. If you can't be in front of a TV, I'm assuming Big Ten Network would have it. Uh, we'll have it right here on 1460 KXNO. And one. This Iowa High School State Tournament Update is brought to you by Central Bank. I'm Trent Condon. The Class 1A semifinals are underway at Principal Park. Don Bosco out to a 4-0 lead. Make it 5-0 now as they lead 8-seeded King Lee Pearson. Coming up this afternoon, 432A semifinals on the local front. Number one seed and defending state champion Van Meter gets West Lyon, while Des Moines Christian at 730 tonight faces off against the number two seed, North Lynn Troy Mills. State championships will be handed out today in Fort Dodge in Class 5A. It will be Fort Dodge against Cedar Rapids Kennedy. The third place game involves Ankeny Centennial and Muscatine. And in Class 4A at softball, it's Carlisle and Winterset for the 4A title. High school updates presented by Central Bank here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. like I was transported to the Metrodome there with that music. That's good. You like that organ? Where did you find that? That's from Dodger Stadium. It's their organist. Okay. It's a call a song called Can't Be Today at the Ballpark, something you can't along those be lines. At the ballpark. And that organ there was just I was looking for some kind of bump the music for our updates. And thank you to Central Bank for being with us this week with all our updates. And yeah, that one uh, it just hmm. it called to me. Sounded like being at a ball. It game. really, it truly does, Trent. That was that's really good. All right, here's a question for you: Who's 15 minutes of fame through this whole uh, Iowa football uh, investigation is up? It's over. Jade, whatever his name is on Twitter, or Robert T. Green. Oh, who's 15 minutes? Continues. Well, I think Jade because I've seen him. What's now- his last? I mean, it's not his name, right? What is it? Jade Michael? Michaels? He is the actual at, at Jade underscore DFW. Okay. At Jade and then Jade. Jade Michael is the name that comes across okay. there. So who's 15 Minutes of Fame is up? Well, Robert I think, T. Green I think Robert T. Green, it's over. Right? I, 
I don't know if we've heard the last of him, but there might be another whimper. What do they call it? The dead cat bounce. <laughs> that might still be there. But for all intents and purposes, it's over there. I think we're going to see more of Jade Michael. I think he's still going to be part of the, the Twitter sphere at the very least. Uh, <laughs> it's, he's... Uh... He's made a name for himself, that's yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Well, uh, look, at uh, we'll have the press conference today at 1 o'clock. Uh, if you um, can't uh, find it anywhere else, you can find it right here. Where else would it be? Des Moines Sports Station, right? 1460, 106.3 FM. Trent, uh, I think that your pitching matchup, your team, uh-huh. uh, Cleveland, Minnesota, now, you know what? Give credit to Cleveland. They're off to a good start. They are, yes. So are your twins off to a good start. Bieber, Barrios, I think that's the best game potentially of the night in MLB. Do you? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to the the Cubs-Reds game, too. I think that's a matchup to yeah, see what Darvish is. Yeah, it is. Well, is. they need Darvish to have a big, a big, big game because Castillo's Castillo's elite. fun. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a fun guy to watch out there, so that's a really good one, too. Finally get to see the Yankees-Orioles again after last night got going with Garrett Cole. There was a point. And it was just for, I don't know, five moments. Mark Charter, who mm-hmm. you know does football picks with us uh, last football season. Boy, he's bad. Yeah, he, he really, really struggled. He was not his best uh, line there. But he likes to wager. He likes to fire. Yes, he does. And he sends me the William Hill number for the Yankees-Orioles game last night. The Yankees were like minus 400, something mm. ridiculous like that. But at DraftKings... It was like minus seven fifty. I never seen a baseball game close to that. Just on the money line, and we we're talking about it. We we're texting back and forth, and then he comes back and says it's changed again. Now it's back to kind of the normal one that it was across the board. Was that a glitch? Would that be Oof. something where they put it out there and got one big wager to even the books? <laughs> and that that would be my guess. Yeah, that they offered that kind uh-huh. of money. They knew somebody they so would come in big down. on the Orioles. Yep. Yeah, yep. that they'd come in and know. That somebody will look at the value there and say, I have to take the Orioles, even though they're more likely going to get clubbed because mm-hmm. just the value my computer program says is too great. But it's so crazy. I love that inside workings. I told you before, we talked to Chris Andrews earlier this week, going back in his office and just sitting with him and, and talking. And he's got screen upon screen it's upon screen of all the games and where their mm-hmm. liability is. And this is green. We're good. And this is red. We need to get money on the other side and showing me all these different things. And I mean, it made my head spin. I love numbers, but that is different. I've, stuff. I've been fortunate to experience it too with CG. And I was there yeah. on a Super Bowl Sunday, oh. which was, it was just unbelievable. With all the props and with everything, all, everything oh, going, man. everything and money coming in here and there. And, it was unbelievable, and then even in game wagering, watching that, it was in a separate room. Yeah, I was. I was. I'll never forget that experience. It was, if you're into that kind of stuff, and yeah. you and I both are, you fire way more than I do. But um, we, it both interests us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I've always said it's not a money making proposition. It's just something that interests me. I know long term, I'm not going to win, but it's fun, and, and it's the number part of that, and seeing something like that that I'd never seen a number hmm. before like that with Garrett Cole on the mall mound for the Yankees against a terrible Orioles squad. But to see it raised to that level. Well, you know what this uh, lesson is out of this whole conversation here is a pace to shop around. You know, get get as many apps uh-huh. as you can. And on January 1st, you don't have to go anywhere. You can get any one of the sports betting companies that is in the state of Iowa. You can do it from your couch or your kitchen table or wherever. Point being is you don't have to physically get in your car and drive to the casino Um what what's the one uh, elite sports book? Elite sports book. That's uh, Riverside. Uh-huh. Now they'll have to come up with a. I'm, I'm guessing they'll refund all of their action 
on the big on Iowa's schedule because you mm-hmm. could bet Iowa's games right now, right? Right. Yeah, they had everything listed, everything except for the U and I game, but the Iowa State game was on there, the Northern Illinois game was on there, and if it changes their crossovers that they play. I'm sure those will all be refunded well. And too. there's a really good piece. Uh, Rand, it was Randy Peterson wrote it. Uh, Jamie Pollard. It's it's on. Uh, Jamie Pollard's the focus of it on the scheduling for the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out what the Big Twelve is doing on Monday. Okay. It sounds like. I mean, there are three scenarios. There are twelve games. There's nine plus one, or there's conference games only. And there's people out there that believe that the Big Twelve is trending in the conference games only. Uh, discussion. So we'll see. I mean, all, we made a big deal out of the Ball State contract being signed. Game may never be played. Right. There's yeah. probably a pretty good chance it will never be played. Um, look, I, I hope Bowlesby gets his wish because I think he wants to go 12 games. Uh, the Iowa press conference coming up at 1. Murph and Andy will react to it at 2. The Fanatics likewise at 4. Uh, and then tomorrow morning, Friday, Morning Rush will kick it off at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear us weekdays from 10 until noon. We appreciate you tuning in. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Have a great rest of your day. Talk to you tomorrow.